Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Hopefully, you have gotten some rain in your neck of the woods, and it is just what you needed at this point. To others that are that are holding their breath, awaiting it, just still might come in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. We're going to talk weather. We're going to talk flash sales of beans. Yeah, not cancellations, but flash sales of beans. We'll look at what's going on demand-wise. Also, we'll talk some more weather and a big crop report that comes out tomorrow. That's going to be the focus as we kick it all off today. And Sam Hudson joins us. Sam is with Corn Belt Marketing. So let's talk about this crop report that is due out tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Kind of what are your thoughts, kind of the mood uh, for what these numbers might say? It definitely hasn't been a good one. I think everyone's coming into this uh, with the assumption that we have to see some sort of a corn export cut. We've seen uh, numerous Chinese uh, cancellations here over the past month. As you mentioned, we did see a flash sale of new crop beans, which is a nice change of pace. We haven't seen any new crop beans, uh, virtually none, sold uh, up until this morning. But it doesn't do enough to offset the uh, you know, losses we've seen over the past 30 days. So I think the fact that we've gotten a bulk of the crop in the ground uh, have seen some pretty good rains, uh, widespread rains, uh, to, to facilitate emergence and could see some uh, you know, into this weekend. Uh, it really just stokes the idea that uh, supplies could be on the rise here and, you know, so much those that we could see a two billion bushel corn carry out again. Now keep in mind that's under the assumption we use, uh, you know, NAS acreage and a trend line yield. But historical history says that we should see that in May, uh, and I don't think uh, you know you're going to see USDA come off any numbers like that until we get you know further along in the year. And by the time we're even able to cut acreage here at the end of June, we're already going to be you know talking about yield sentiment all over again. So the report tomorrow is going to is this the first look technically at new crop numbers, even though we've kind of talked about them in past reports. That's right. Yeah. So, like I said, they'll plug in those uh, those March uh, you know acreage estimates. Uh, so you're going to be working off you know 92 million acres of corn and a 181 and a half uh, you know yield. Again, pencil it in. But uh, the black and white of it is is probably going to add up. Like I said, to to around that two billion bushel mark and beans, maybe close to 300,000. What excuse about, me, 300 million. Do we expect any surprises for corn? I don't think so. I mean, like I said, I think it, I think it would be surprising if we didn't see an export cut. I think the question is just how much. Um, you know, and, and again, on the acre side, we can't see any any changes there. But I think that's what we start talking about next week after we get through this report. Uh, you know, as we talk about North and South Dakota, um, parts of Minnesota, Wisconsin, even over into Michigan and parts of Ohio that have been lagging in planting progress, uh, we still could lose you know some acres here and there that uh, you know could take the edge off. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. Uh, to really provide a, a ripple in the market this early in the year, especially if conditions look pretty good. Sam, what about the WASDE for, for the wheat side of it? It, it? Mailing it in, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's a lot of you know geopolitics, I think, that is driving this more than anything. When you look at our domestic stocks to usage, uh, I really believe the short crop could help uh, you know basis and spreads as much as anything in, in localized areas here across the Western Plains. Uh, a lot of wheat, and obviously, really bad shape that we're going to tear up. We know the crop's in bad shape, but at the end of the day, our stock's usage as a whole is still around 30%. Uh, and so, you know, at the end of the day, we have to see more movement as a result of, of the conflict in, in the Black Sea region to to think that we have to see the world come after our carryout, and we're just not seeing that. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's allowed the funds to sell this thing back to zero, or what feels like zero anyways, and that's ahead of another U.S. harvest. So they may try to hang on to that position uh, until we actually see that start to take place here as we get in, uh, further along into summer and then look to lift those positions uh, of course the may 18th deadline you know what's it going to mean uh, up until 
um, or basically for the last 15 months, the market uh, you know, has, has seen nothing really transpire in terms of world balance sheet. And so it, it's considering you know, just calling the bluff here until we actually see something happen, see a flashpoint. And keep in mind, an agreement is, is just that. It's an agreement. It can be you know, torn up the next day if they decide they want to do something different. Let's talk a little weather. I know that uh, the western part, central part of um, Nebraska, Kansas, getting some nice showers, some areas that have definitely been drought-stricken as of late. Others are, are sitting there waiting with bated breath to see if they get a drop or two. Yeah, that's right. It, we've seen pretty good general coverage. I know there's some spots in there that obviously you're going to need some more. And I think that what's on everyone's mind is this is going to be a, a signal of a pattern change because one rain isn't going to, you know, make the whole crop. It certainly is good timing, though, uh, when you look at some crusting issues and obviously just how dry it was in general out there. You get some nice warm rains. That's really going to do world of wonders on the crop. And that's true everywhere. Um, you know, I think some of the drier areas are going to be, you know, southern Iowa, you get into northern half of Missouri, even west central Illinois, we've been pretty dry. We have caught some rains here of late. Uh, but there's a really wide swath uh, through the I-80 corridor, I would say, from central Illinois all the way out to Nebraska that's going to need sequential rainfall throughout the season uh, because we went on, uh, you know, out on fumes last year. And so not saying it can't happen, but we need to see that good weather stick around, and uh, we're going to have to keep getting it. I know that uh, we're getting ready for a wheat crop tour this coming week out of Kansas and, and northern Oklahoma. So you know that social media is going to be a buzz as those photos start getting uh, get posted throughout that tour. Yeah, I think so. I think you're, you know, expect to see plenty of pictures of bare, you know, more or less barren fields. And, and again, I think this ties back to our acreage story. I do believe you're going to see some, uh, you know, added acreage, potentially corn, beans, maybe even sorghum, uh, you know, planted in some of these areas after they tear the weed out. And if anything, that some of these rains are, are going to help facilitate that decision making. So, uh, you know, the fact that we still need, uh, you know, a lot of feed out west, uh, it made, you know, end up in more corn acres uh, when it's all said and done. But again, not going to really get a reset on that until the end of June. And by then we're going to have a good idea what is and isn't possible on yield. Are we uh, looking at any uh, talk of, of acre changes for those folks like in Kansas, for example? Have you heard any rumblings of them looking to more do the grains as you and I were talking ahead of the show? I think you have to think there's going to be a a bias towards that. You know, again, you know, the need for feed in general, whether it's, uh, you know, corn, wheat, um, you know, grass in general, forage in general, um, we're going to need to, you know, continue to see a a lot of enthusiasm there. I think you're going to see a tight market there until we get to harvest all over again. Uh, But if we have good weather uh, on on this corn crop, I think you're really going to rejuvenate those supplies again and loosen up that feed market. And that's really what's been driving this thing uh, really since last fall. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll talk a little bit about what's being discussed basis-wise. Look at the livestock side of it as well as they've been watching uh, what happens in the grain complex in numbers today that ended up finishing mixed on these cattle and lower on the hogs. And as we saw, mixed trade on the grains for this Thursday. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading-volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. This live weather coverage from the Rural Radio Storm Center, presented by Skeeter Barnes in Kearney. The best beef and barbecue around. 
We now have a tornado warning in effect for those of you in southwestern Hitchcock County in southwest Nebraska and southeastern Dundee County. This is until 145 Mountain Time, 245 Central Time. Severe thunderstorm is capable of producing a tornado. That is 12 miles to the northwest of Liddell. And that is moving to the northwest at 30 miles per hour. Again, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado. 12 miles to the northwest of Liddell. That is moving to the northwest at 30 miles per hour. In the path of this possible tornadic thunderstorm is Stratton. So once again, those of you in Stratton, take cover for a tornado warning. Southwestern Hitchcock County, southeastern Dundee County until 245 Central Time and for 145 Mountain Time. Also, we do have a tornado warning in effect for north central Cheyenne County and south central Dundee County in southwest Nebraska and northwest Kansas. This is a tornado warning in effect until 145 Mountain Time, 245 Central. Severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado is 5 miles to the south of Binkelman, moving to the northwest, 45 miles per hour. Again, 5 miles to the southwest, south of Binkelman, moving to the northwest at 45 miles per hour. That thunderstorm expected to remain over mainly rural areas of southwest Nebraska and northwest Kansas. In the pack of that storm is the parks area. Often malleable and uh, not a whole lot to, around here left to go, but uh, you know, once we get a chance, it'll it'll be you know just kind of finishing up patchwork uh, and, and moving forward here and starting to think about spraying and the next step in the process. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say we have full yield potential here locally and, and pretty excited uh, to see a, a crop off and going on a good start. Pretty uh, doldrums when it comes to basis right now for our grains? You know, we've continued to see a little bit of interest here on the front end as we continue to, to fill in some of those main needs. Um, but now that the bulk of that is done, uh, it's still pretty pretty solid and pretty strong. Uh, cash price is still around 640 to 650 even after this break around, uh, around this area. But I, I would say that's really going to start to go away. I think if you get a rally, I think everyone's going to be waiting for it. Any grain, uh, you know, off-farm that's still in the bin, if we get back... You know, six ten to six twenty, uh, along with the basis levels that we're having. I think everyone's going to be ready to sell that. Trucking season is going to start again here pretty soon. Uh, once people get done in the field, and, and, and I think that will help keep things a little bit soft until we can figure out what we're looking at for yield for new crop. And those end users will have to make a decision if they want to, you know, wait uh, or continue to chase the market uh, for what they need. And I think the one real interesting factor, Susan, that I'm really looking at now uh, is trying to figure out what uh, what kind of coverage these ethanol plants have because farmers haven't been real enticed to sell here on the way down. Uh, and if they really need to get coverage still for June, July, especially in some of these, you know, bushel short areas, uh, particularly out west, uh, we could see some interesting market action. So whether they have to own paper or push their bids to get that ownership, at some point they still might need it. Switch gears over to the livestock side. And we saw some softer southern cash. And that kind of set, I think, the tone for what we've seen this week. And just lower cash sales in general. I saw, what, some of them are down about $2. That's right, and not a complete collapse, but I think what's got everyone, you know, thinking or at least wondering if we've seen uh, that May, you know, kind of seasonal cash top, uh, at least for a little while here. I think there's still a lot of interest in what demand's going to look like as we get into grilling season because the economic, you know, fears and headwinds are, are certainly out there with interest rates and credit card debt. You hear about, you know, the headlines, uh, you know, constantly. So I think, you know, continue to look at, uh, you, you know, the prices of, of uh, individual cutouts. You know, you're going to have some that are going to hang in there no matter what, some that might start to to uh, you know, look like they're on fumes, but I would say generally still with herd size that we've got right now, 
uh, you know, rates should still probably be bought in those back months, and, and we'll have to see if the you know demand continues to facilitate the bull spreads and the, and the cash market continuing to lag higher. For now, seems like we're just in a bit of a pause, but I would still continue to expect a lot of volatility in those feeder cattle contracts. Uh, you know, with the feed variable still very much in question here as we get to Fourth of July. The exciting part is um, Sunday is Mother's Day, and they always say that's one of the bigger grilling days um, out there, and it kind of kicks off the official start to the grilling season. So hopefully, we get some good demand and some good protein movements across those meat counters. Oh, that's right. And then, you know, seeing just this afternoon some 800-pounders going in West Central Illinois for 222. So some pretty, you know, phenomenal prices. We've continued to see that here throughout the week on, on uh, you know, some of these 800 800-pounders. And so we see the demand there. There's some enthusiasm there. But the question is, what is, uh, you know, the back end going to look like here as we, you know, get 6, 8, 12 months down the road? All right. Let's look at the, the feeder cat, or excuse me, the feeder cattle side of it, because we've got the lower grains that we've had. Are they going to take advantage of some of this drop in the corn prices? Well, they have to a certain degree, and they're they're always you know kind of walking the balance between that. And I think uh, you know one of the interesting dynamics we've had here in the short term is this May contract going off the board. Currently, you've got a discount of almost twenty two dollars, uh, you know, May to August, uh, historically wide. And so, uh, you know, this August contract I think is going to get a lot of interest here over the next couple of months, June, July, you know, time frame as it becomes the front month. Uh, and we try to derive what's fair in terms of you know cash prices and, and what that demand looks like for live cattle prices as we get into first and second quarter even the next year. So um, the grass and, and rains in the plains again, I, this all kind of ties together. If this is a signal of a pattern change, I think it really could loosen up the feed market uh, by the time you get to August, and, and then are staring at a, a potential new crop, uh, two billion bushel of corn crop. Uh, you know, down the barrel, even if we don't have a 181 and a half yield, anywhere close to 180 is going to suffice if we can have acreage at, you know, 90 plus million. And, and don't forget, as we quickly wrap this up, some lower hog numbers, and that seems like it's going to continue. Yeah, yeah. Hogs, you know, they've just had a really tough go of it here, um, you know, over the last several weeks. We had a pretty good bounce there as we got into, you know, late late into April. And ever since then, we've just seen pork prices, uh, you know, continue to flounder. The lean hog index has tried to muster a little bit of a rally. We've seen it get back, oh, Oh, where are we back at two, you know, maybe 74 and a half or so. But All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.